for 30 plus years, I've seen every type of child grow up. Instead of giving me what I wanted, she gave me what I needed, which was truth. Don't let emotions win. Let truth win. Do your very best, and you should have a lot of fun while you do it. And the better you get at something, the more fun you're going to have at something. You moms and dads are wired with everything you need to be a parent to a great kid. Welcome to Parenting Great Kids. This is episode number nine, What We Say Matters. I'm your host, Dr. Meg Meeker, and today we're going to be talking about the way you speak to your kids. Every time your child leaves a conversation or interaction with you, mom or dad, he or she leaves feeling either better about himself or herself or worse about himself or herself. So the words we use and how we speak to our kids makes a huge difference in our children's lives. As usual, in this episode, I'm going to give you some points to ponder so that you can have something to apply right away. Also, I'm going to be featuring social media questions dealing with decisions that parents must make about kids and sports. Should you let them quit? And our second question in this episode is dealing with parents of teenagers about trust and how does their child establish trust with them. And remember, don't just download, click subscribe. I'll tell you why. When you subscribe, every episode afterward shows up automatically in your feed. You won't regret it. Friends, I'm going to take the opportunity to tell you how important our words are when we talk to our kids, not just the words we use, but our body language, our tone of voice. For many parents, talking to their kids in a respectful, loving, calm tone is very tough, but it's so important. Because it's so important, I have a special gift for you. Go to megmeekermd.com forward slash words. You can download a free, very short ebook on this topic with practical thoughts on how to put this into practice as a parent. That's absolutely free at megmeekermd.com slash words. That's W-O-R-D-S. I created this just for you. So thanks for listening and stay with me. So parents, let's dive in. Let's talk about how you talk to your children and what you communicate, because the truth is your words matter to your children. Before I get into the three points to ponder, I want you to think about something. First, as I said earlier, every time your child leaves a conversation or interaction with you, he either feels better about who he is or worse about who he is. Second, your children read cues that they get from you about who they are, and they internalize those cues, and they take that on as part of their identity. This is important to understand because if you communicate in a negative tone or use negative words with your son or daughter on a regular basis, your child is going to start to feel like a bad person. They begin to believe that they are who you say they are. So if you're constantly negative and you're very critical to them, they begin to believe that something's wrong with them and that you are constantly mad at them. And that sinks very deeply into their character. On the flip side, if you're positive and you're encouraging and you're controlled, your child begins to feel more valuable and they begin to value themselves more. Their self-esteem goes up. They believe that you like them. So a lot of a child's identity 
is shaped through your communication with your son or daughter. Remember that. Now let's get into the three points to ponder. First of all, make a list of words that are off limits in your family. Now this is pretty tough because many of us, before we become parents, use words that we don't want to use around our children. So it's very important as we have our children that we change the way we speak. Specifically, we have to change the words that we use. And I would encourage you to sit down with a piece of paper and write out words that you don't want your children to hear you say. For instance, I would include words like shut up, idiot, jerk, dumb, fat, lazy, worthless, and I would include swear words in there as well. Those are words that you never want your child to hear come out of your mouth. And if you don't write them down, and you don't work at being deliberate about not using those words, they will slip out of your mouth. And I guarantee you, the negative words are going to have a profoundly negative impact on your child. Because remember, your child hears your words through a child's ears. You may call a peer an idiot, or you may call another adult an idiot. And that adult can choose whether to slough it off or to take it to heart. But when you use words like idiot or jerk to your child or dom or whatever it is, the child's ears are much more tender. And those words sink deep into their heart much more readily than if he were an adult. So it's very important for you to choose your words very, very carefully. Be very deliberate about what you say and about what you don't say. And as you do that, I would recommend that you make a rule that no one in your house uses that list of words. I remember my husband and I did this when our kids were young, and it's remarkable the impact it has not just on your children, but on your marriage relationship and on your outlook in life. Think about this for a moment. If you change the way you speak, you change the way you think, because our thoughts impact our behavior. For instance, if you are a complainer or you constantly criticize other people, you will see life through a very dark lens because you're training through your words, you're training your mind to perceive the world and everything around you differently. If you train yourself for one month to stop complaining about anything, I guarantee you at the end of the month, you're going to be a happier person. You know, this is a little trick that I have tried, and it's personally worked for me. One of my pet peeves many years ago was how women speak to each other. One of the things we commonly say to each other when we meet each other after we haven't seen each other in a couple of months is, oh, hello, it's great to see you. You look so good. And the message in you look so good is you look like you've lost weight. Well, I thought that's a very rude way to greet somebody because, first of all, I don't really care about their looks. And second of all, I don't care about their weight and I don't want them to care about those things for me. So I determined that for one year, whenever I greeted a woman, I would refuse to comment on her looks or her weight. And I will tell you, after about two months, I stopped seeing my friend's weight. So much so that if they lost a lot of weight, I didn't see it and they would feel insulted because I never said anything about it. But the point is, 
when you train your words and you train your pattern of speech, you train your perception and you train your whole outlook on life. It's a very powerful tool to use. And that's just the benefit you get from it. But the benefit your child gets from that is that if you begin to speak more positive words and more affirming words to your child, your child will feel more positive, will feel happier about life, and will feel more loved. So words are very important. Second point to ponder, keep your tone in check. Many of us have no idea what we sound like. If you're wondering what your tone is like, record yourself. Yep. Take your cell phone out, Turn it on when you're having a conversation with your child, and then turn it off and listen to how you speak and be very critical of yourself. Are you using the tone you're intending to use? Many of us use a negative tone when we don't mean to, or we can act kind of snarky when we're not feeling snarky. Some people can look mean as they talk, but they're not feeling angry. It's just their facial expressions. And many times when we communicate, we have no idea we're communicating this. So if you're wondering what your tone is like with your children, ask somebody, ask your spouse, ask your kids. After you have a conversation, circle back with them and say, let me ask you a question. When I was talking to you, did you feel like I was mad or did you feel like I was frustrated or did you feel like I was happy? Don't hesitate asking your kids what you sound like because I'll guarantee you one thing, they'll tell you and they'll be glad that you asked because it's important for them to understand your intentions. Because if you sound angry all the time, maybe you have a low voice, maybe you have a high voice and you sound like you're whining or a low voice and you sound like you're angry all the time. Maybe you're an anxious person and you speak really fast and you get your kids all wound up. Well, you may not know that, so ask your kids and tell them, you know what? I didn't intend to act angry and I didn't intend to speak negatively. I'm going to work on that because I don't want you to feel like I'm being negative and talking to you. So keep your tone in check. And finally, number three. Pay attention to your body language. Over 90% of communication with people comes to our body language. Now, this is tough because we don't see ourselves as we talk to our kids. Now, it's really hard to stand in front of a mirror and talk to your kids and watch your body language as you talk. But again, pay attention to it. Do you always speak to your child with your arms folded across your chest? That communicates sort of an authoritarian posture, a lecture posture. I'm going to teach you a lesson and you better listen posture, very much like your hands on your hips. If you have your hands folded behind your back, you look very relaxed. You're very open with your kids. If you sit down and talk to your children while they ask you a question, if they ask you a question and you're standing up and you go sit down, you're communicating to your child in just that act What you have to say is really important to me, so I'm going to stop what I'm doing, and I'm going to listen to what you have to say. It's amazing the power that body language has in communicating positive or negative things to your child. Another thing that I encourage you to do as you talk to your children is look them in the eye. Many of us, when we talk to children, we can be texting We can be watching television. We can be reading a recipe. We can be trying to have a conversation with another person. But that's all body language that communicates to your child, you don't really matter to me because I don't really want to stop and take the time and look at you and talk to you, but I kind of want to hear you, but I really don't. 
And so the child walks away feeling much less valued to you. When your body language communicates, I'm listening, but I don't really want to hear what you have to say. So pay attention to your body language. Be relaxed. Sit down. Look at your children in the eye. If it's a bad time and you're anxious or you're frustrated and your child comes and wants to talk to you about something important or even not so important, stop what you're doing. Tell your child, you know what? I really want to hear what you have to say. We got to have this conversation, but right now is a bad time. So I will come back to you at eight o'clock or 7.30, set a time. And then when you are done with whatever it is you're doing, you follow through with your commitment. You go to the child at the time you said you were going to go to, and you use very relaxed, engaged, positive body language to communicate to your child that I'm here, I'm available, I'm attentive, and I'm listening. And there's so much power in your body language. So those are the things that are very important for you to consider as you talk to your kids. Many times we talk to our kids and we're frustrated and we're angry and we're tired. The tone we use with our children, the body language we communicate, the words we communicate really aren't about the child. They're about our mood. So it's really important if you are using an angry tone with your child because you're in a bad mood, you need to tell your child that. If you're anxious and worried about something and you're trying to talk to your child and you're not paying any attention to what you're saying to the child or what they're saying to you, you need to tell your child that. You need to separate your mood, your demeanor, your issues from what you really want to tell your child because at least that will clarify for them what you really intended to communicate in your conversation. Whether the conversation is 30 seconds or three hours, it makes no difference. It's really important for you before you speak words, before you talk and use a certain tone of voice, before you respond to a child, check your body language. Think before you speak. I know your mom used to tell you that when you're probably in kindergarten or maybe in second grade, and here I am telling you that, and you're a grown adult, and you should know, and I should know, but how hard it is to do. So parents, remember, your words, your conversation, your communication with your kids changes your children's lives unlike anybody else. Many times we worry about our children being bullied at school or having a coach be too hard on them or a teacher be too hard on them, but let me tell you something. All of those interactions with people outside of the family pale in comparison with the interactions your child has with you because your words and your communication holds all the power in your child's life. You want to make sure that every time you have a conversation or interaction with your child, your child walks away feeling a little bit better about life, not a little bit worse about life. I know you can do it because I know you can change. Every single one of us needs to improve the way we communicate to our loved ones, particularly our kids. So parents, let's recap. One, make a list of words that are off limit for you and your spouse and also for your family. Number two, keep your tone in check. Pay attention to that tone. And number three, 
Pay attention to your body language. This is tough stuff to do, and it's going to take time to change your communication pattern. But let's face it, we all need to do it with our loved ones. Because the truth is, what we say matters, and how we say it matters. So here's to success in better communication with our kids. Let's get social. I want to hear from you and interact with you. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or you can go to megmeekermd.com and click on the links. You can send me a question on Facebook or email it to me at askmeg at megmeekermd.com. Again, that's askmeg at megmeekermd.com. So here's a question featured in this episode, and it comes from Lindsay. Hey, Dr. Meg. My seven-year-old daughter wanted to play Little League softball, so we signed her up and off we went. Three practices in, she decided she didn't like it. We want her to finish what she started, but we don't want to make her do something she doesn't like. So here's my question. Should we allow her to quit or make her finish out the season? Thanks, Dr. Meg. Lindsay, that's a great question, and a lot of parents ask questions very much like that. And, you know, we often wonder as parents, we want to teach our kids to stick to things and to be committed and to follow through and to finish a work they began. And that's a very, very important lesson. So before I would answer that, I would ask you a couple of questions. First of all, how much time is this taking? If you tell me that she's in practice four days a week and she's going to be doing this for the next two months, I would say, let her quit. She's seven years old. She's trying to figure out what she likes, what she wants, and what she doesn't like. And you don't want her to stay with something that she really doesn't like and sacrifice your time with her. That's the most important thing. Remember, every time you allow your child to play a sport or do an extracurricular activity, you're surrendering your time with your child. And personally, I believe that kids need more time with their parents and less time in sports, particularly when they're seven years old. If you said to me, she only goes, you know, for two hours a week and it's only for the next month, I'd say, well, keep her in it and make her do it. It's really not that big of a deal. But it sounds like it's a little bit more than that because that's why she's wanting to bail. Second, if your daughter were 13 or 14 and she were playing a team sport that was competitive and she had teammates and her coach depending on her and she wanted to sign up for the sport, I would tell you just the opposite. I'd say make her follow through with her commitment. She has other people depending upon her. And this isn't just about her finding her way and figuring out what she likes and what she doesn't like. This is a bigger commitment to more people and that other people are going to suffer if she quits the team. I would tell you, she definitely has to stay in there. Do you want to teach her to follow through and to finish something that she started? Absolutely. But there are many opportunities that you're going to have to do that as the years go by. You're going to teach her that she has to turn her homework in. She has to follow through with a commitment that she made to a friend to do something with that person. If she tells you she's going to do something, she's got to be held accountable to follow through and do that task. So there are many opportunities that she's going to have to show you that she can follow through. And even if she doesn't follow through, you're going to have the opportunity to nudge her along the way. But personally, I would 
pick something that's more important than just softball when she's seven years old and she's telling you, you know, I think I want to try something different. This isn't it for me. She really is just trying to feel her way here. So, Lindsay, take heart. I think that in your gut, you want to let her quit. And maybe I'm wrong, but that's the sense I'm getting from your question. And it's a terrific question. But that's my vote. Let her quit. Our second question comes from Paula, and here it is. Dr. Meg, how do I trust my 15-year-old daughter again? She keeps breaking my trust over and over again in big ways. Um, I don't seem to be able to trust her, and it's weighing heavy on my heart, and I know it's crushing her. Any help you can give would be appreciated. Thank you. Paula, that's a wonderful question. I'm often asked from parents of teenagers about trust and how do they establish trust or how does their child establish trust with them. And here are my thoughts with that because I've been in these conversations many, many, many times. When it comes to using the word trust with a teenager, I really try to delete that word. And here's why. A 15-year-old looks like an adult, but from an intellectual and cognitive standpoint, and certainly from an emotional standpoint, is not an adult. In other words, your daughter can't understand that if she performs action A today, that it's going to lead to consequence B in three months or a year. That's pretty abstract thinking for a 15-year-old. So when we say we want to trust a child, what we mean by trust and what they mean by trust are two very, very different things. Also, I think that we set ourselves and our kids up for failure when we begin to talk about trust with them. Because the truth is we can only, quote unquote, trust them with the serious limitations that they have. And nobody wants to say to a 15-year-old, listen, I really can't trust you because you can't think the way I do. You don't have abstract thinking developed, and so that's why I can't trust you. Kids take that very personally. So I try to remove the whole conversation about trust. When you say that she's violated your trust over and over, what I'm hearing you say is that she's disappointed you And she has gone against your rules over and over. And my question to you would be, why is she doing this? Is she doing it because she's troubled? Is she doing it because she wants attention? Is she doing it because she's rebellious? Is she doing this because she's angry at something? When I see kids who are acting out or doing bad things or getting into trouble over and over, Stealing, for instance, leaving the home, telling their parents they're going to be home at 10 o'clock and they never are, driving too fast, hanging out with the wrong friends, going from having A's to having D's all of a sudden. In other words, they just don't seem to be following through with healthy behaviors. Many times parents take this as a child breaking their trust. This really isn't a trust issue. And my sense is, you're not dealing with a trust issue with your daughter. My concern, Paula, is that your daughter is doing things as a cry for help. And that's what's really crushing her. And that's what's really weighing heavily on your heart. So what I would encourage you to do is first, stop talking about trust. Don't set her up for failure. And don't tell her that you don't trust her. Second, I would sit down and have a heart-to-heart to her. And I would say something like this, honey, I'm concerned that you are doing a lot of things that are hurting you. 
And I've seen a pattern beginning to emerge in you. You are doing X. You are doing Y. You are doing Z. And I'm concerned about why you're doing that. Is something bothering you? Do you feel angry? Do you feel disappointed? Why do you think you could be doing that? And then just sit and listen to her. Basically, what you're trying to do is you're trying to penetrate her heart. You're trying to figure out why she hurts because I'll guarantee you she's hurting. You know she's hurting and it's hurting you. And what really is bothering you is not the trust issue, not the breaking of the rules, and not getting into trouble. What's really bothering you is that you know that deep in her heart something is very wrong. So your job and your goal is to, in a gentle way, in an affirming way, a non-accusatory way, in a way that doesn't put her on the defensive because you're not telling her she's a bad kid, but in a loving way, say, honey, I'm concerned. I want to help you find out what's bothering you so much. We're in this together. My job as your mom is to always have your back, to always help you get out of bad situations, to always help you have your needs met. And that's, I think, what we need to do over the next few months there. If you need help from somebody else in figuring this out, I will find you help. And she may well need help. If she's been uh, getting into trouble repeatedly, she may well need a counselor to talk with a friend of yours that you trust and you know. Maybe she needs to talk with her dad. Maybe she's crying for help because she has a rocky relationship with her dad. I don't know. I'm just really speculating. But I do know there's something wrong deep in her heart. It's not an issue about trust. And here's what I do know, Paula. You can get to the bottom of it. You're a good, concerned, kind mom. I hear that in your question. So gently go after her heart. Give yourself time. Give yourself grace. Let her know that you're on her side and you'll win her over. As always, parents, keep sending me your questions at askmeg at megmeekermd.com. Again, that's askmeg at megmeekermd.com. So parents, remember my three points to ponder. One, make a list of words that are off limits in your vocabulary. Two, keep your tone in check. And three, pay attention to your body language. Friends, this is really tough stuff. And I know that many of you have been thinking back as I've been talking about all the times you didn't listen to your kids or you used a tone of voice or words that you didn't mean to use. Look, we've all done it. So today's a new day. Look in the mirror. Make a commitment to yourself to change the way you talk so that you can start today to have a better, deeper, richer, and much more enjoyable relationship with your kids. I know you can do it, and I'm going to be right in there with you. And remember always, great kids are raised, not born. Thanks for listening to Parenting Great Kids. And just a reminder, for your free short ebook, go to megmeekermd.com slash words. Again, that's megmeekermd.com slash words. If you'd like to tell us what you think, write us a review. And to catch future episodes, be sure to click subscribe. And as always, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Megmeeker. <laughs>